Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Welcome, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Well, today we are talking about conversation. Conversation is a subject very close to my heart. Conversation as the core business competency. We have our special guest, David Isaacs, who is president of Clearing Communications, which is an organization, an international organization, for renewal and communication strategy. And he's also the co-creator of the World Cafe. David, welcome. Good morning, Cheryl. How are you? I'm well. well oh, it's good to hear your great. voice. Oh, likewise. So you have to tell me, where are you today? I am in Mill Valley, California. That's Northern California, yes? Yes. North of the San Francisco. Just north of the Golden Gate. Oh, there you go. Okay. Oh, that's a beautiful part of the world. And yes. I know you do a lot of traveling, and um, some of it takes you around the world, and I want to hear some of your stories as we move along today. Um, but let's start by talking a little bit about the work you do. Now, you know, you are president of Clearing Communications, which I love as a name of an organization. Um, and you have a special philosophy about the way you work with people, leaders in organizations. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, sure, Cheryl. Um, as simply as I, as I can, it's a focus on uh, evoking the creative capability of leaders and leadership teams to uh, remember their capability to design, convene, and host conversations around their most important questions. Hmm. Um, the assumption being that when they uh, design, convene, and host those conversations, uh, they have to identify what it is that they don't know as action research questions, and then when they take the time to, uh, to delve into those social action inquiries, we find that value gets created that goes both to the bottom line and to the benefit of all the stakeholders to the organization. Hmm. Well, now, you know, conversation seems to be something that would happen naturally. Why do we have to convene? situations or convene groups um, in order to have conversations? Well, that's, that's a wonderful question, Cheryl. Uh, as we all know, uh, conversation is what humans do. We talk all the time. Um, but I'd like to share a metaphor about uh, conversation that I mm. think will tend to answer your question. Uh, we believe that human beings or humanity uh, that we're in conversation like fish are in water. Uh, if you take a fish out of water, you create a major problem for the fish. Right. 
right. if you take a human out of conversation, that's like the worst uh, punishment you can give short of death, that solitary confinement. So um, to the fish, the water is transparent. The importance of the water is not seen by the fish. The importance of conversation, particularly designing our conversations and and consciously hosting them and convening them in a way that creates value requires a little bit more thinking than just talk. Hmm. So that's why the emphasis is on, on design. That's really fascinating. You know, it seems like something that would be so natural for us as human beings would would just carry over into the organization structures and kind of how we work together. What do you think... Um, what do you think got in the way of organizations? And I have no idea when this would have happened, but you know, where, where conversation was not the norm, and that we had to somehow give permission to that happening. Well, I, I think the, uh, the the biggest challenge to what I would call creative conversations or generative conversation is the belief that we don't have enough time. Hmm. Uh, the belief. Uh, that if we take the time to reflect, because that's what this is really all about, to reflect on what we don't know and what we need to learn together, um, that as long as we believe that by, by stepping back and reflecting on our questions that we won't get our job done, we won't get our work done. Right. And so until uh, a leadership team or leaders themselves really begin to see that by by uh, stopping uh, or at least putting the pause button on long enough to reflect on what we are doing and what we are learning and what we need to learn and what knowledge we need to create, uh, we just don't do it because we're so rushed. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and that makes me think about how many times I've heard people say, oh, we have so many meetings where we sit around the table and everybody yak, yak, yaks, and I need to get back so I can do the real work, which I find fascinating. And so, you know, somehow talking to each other has become more of a chore than actually, as you called it, generative. I love that word, generative. You know, talk a little bit about, about what you mean by that generative conversation. Well, I think a generative conversation is one in which um, individuals, uh, as part of a, a leadership team of an organization, a community, a government, or a business, um, sit down and ask, what are the questions that really matter? What are the important questions that we do not have the answer to? And by identifying those core questions and and uh, deepening them over time and engaging them and and literally convening and hosting those conversations with by inviting uh, people who have insight into into the, the those questions, um, our experience is that with the patience to do that 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 learning takes place. And learning creates knowledge, and knowledge creates value, and value goes to, hopefully, to the bottom line or to the triple bottom line mm-hmm. of an organization. Mm-hmm. 
A lot of people say the talk is not action. That's why we don't like so many meetings, mm-hmm. and we're predisposed mm-hmm. to action, and we're excellent problem solvers. Mm-hmm. What this work uh, does, this conversation work does, is, is, is to not invalidate action, but to partner action with reflective inquiry or reflective mm-hmm. conversations mm-hmm. in which possibilities are in- investigated or engaged, or generated, you know, the what-if-we questions um, as, as partners to the action. Actually, we, we believe that, um, that conversations that, that generate new knowledge, in fact, are action or lead hmm. to action. It's almost like putting the ball, the golf ball on the tee. Right. Uh, if you don't put the ball on the tee, there's nothing... There's no action or no effective action to hit, to stroke through. You can try. (laughs) It's called whiffing. (laughs) Well, sometimes even when it's there, you know, you try and you miss, spoken by someone who knows. Um, So, you know, you it's almost as if it makes me think of the title or the, the name of your organization, Clearing Communications. It's almost as if the communication or the conversation clears the way for action, right action, to take place. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, David, I know that you are co-creator of the World Cafe. Um, for those of... of our listeners who don't know what that is, why don't you explain it? Sure, uh, Cheryl. Uh, the World Cafe is a uh, is a community of practice. It's a organizational or business process. Um, it's a uh, a way of being that uh, individuals and, and communities can create value. Uh, and core to it are are these generative conversations. Um, we've always worked, my partner uh, Juanita Brown and I have always worked with conversations with leaders and organizations. Um, but it wasn't until uh, a meeting that we had about uh, 12 years ago on the subject of intellectual capital with Leif Edvinson of uh, the Scandia Corporation as co-sponsor uh, that uh, quite by synchronicity a, a process showed up in our living room among 24 people uh, that we noticed had a deeper quality to it or a higher quality in which uh, which knowledge was being created, in which we were learning not only individually, but that we were learning together. Uh, and so we, we, we saw it as a gift because we recognized that what it was mirroring is the way humans had always learned, uh, by sitting in circles and talking about uh, questions about how will we survive the night um, uh, moving from survival to hopefully thrival, and then moving from one circle of conversation into another, carrying the seeds from the first conversation to the second. So in the World Cafe, in this cafe environment, uh, what, what showed up is a group of four people uh, sitting for about 25 minutes around a question, and then one person staying at the table, select, being selected at the end of the round, and three... Uh, three people moving to three other tables and continuing the conversation. Mm. And that and that goes on for two or three or four rounds. Um, I think it's key that 
the, the notion that we didn't discover anything. What we did is we uncovered the way that humans have always created new knowledge. Hmm. Uh, and we, and we were, were able to see that by, by using certain design principles, which I'll share with you if you'd like. Mm-hmm. I would like. Um, that uh, this process could be easily uh, engaged and facilitated by, by people who are not experts as well as experts. Mm-hmm. So the idea was since we were just two people, but that by sharing in, in an open source manner um, uh, through our writing and through our book and, and through and through other other ways, um, sharing the design principles that people all over the earth uh, would be able to um, to design, convene, and host not only World Cafe conversations, but using these principles to to have whatever kind of conversation they want, whether it be circles or Open space, or a future search, or or, or um, appreciative inquiry, or any other way that uh, people want to use as an organizational process. Hmm. Well, you know, it's um, again fascinating to me. I've seen the World Cafe in action in several um, capacities and, and in several venues, and um, what I've noticed is that. There are differing outcomes in terms of, um, in almost in terms of the the intention with which it is used, yes. and um, you know it, it's the kind of thing where um, if it's not set up correctly, you may not get the kind of outcome you're looking for. And I think we can talk more about this when we come right back from this break. All we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. More and more business people recognize the importance of spirituality in their work. How do busy professionals discover what rings true for them? Embracing the journey with Karen Humphrey Salad explores what it means to be spiritually fulfilled in business and how to integrate spiritual direction into a career. Expert guests, authors, and inspiring speakers join Karen every week to discuss such issues as honesty, compassion, generosity, ethics, and integrity in the workplace. Take a positive step forward to greater life balance. Tune into Embracing the Journey with Karen Humphrey Salad, broadcasting every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Money, money, up to date business and financial news. Money, money, call now and get the financial information you need. 866 472 5790. 866 472 5790. Voice America Business. 
We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back. We're speaking with David Isaacs this morning around conversation, the core business competency. David, before we went to break, we were talking about the World Cafe, which is a process for conversation to really generate um, more information and and get to answers that matter. And you had, I had mentioned that I'd seen um, seen this done in, in many venues, and that the outcomes are sometimes um, different than what one would expect. Um, and some people are satisfied, and some are not. And what I've noticed is that. There is a difference sometimes in the way the whole process is set up. Does that matter? Yes. Um, it's the, the World Cafe at its best is principle-based. And the, we, we wrote a, a paper several years ago about the principles of the World Cafe, and we put it out in the world, and then someone said to us one day, well, you know, these are really more than principles for the World Cafe or World Cafe conversations. These are principles for design, for designing any conversation. These are design principles. So when we think of them as design principles, I'll share them in a moment, uh, when the, the seven design principles are used in a design process uh, between uh, the the people who are bringing the World Cafe or the other process to the organization and the, and the leaders of the organization themselves uh, as co-partners in designing. In other words, this, this is best not sold as a, a transaction to an organization or business. Mm. It's best done as a collaborative design process. So we're looking for a conversation that creates value and uh, over time. Um, imagine that people that, were, that the core of the World Cafe are tables of four. Uh, four works best. Five will work. Three is too small. Six it breaks down. Hmm. That's a key. It breaks down into two or three separate conversations. Really? So four is ideal. Huh. Uh, round tables. Mm-hmm. Um, so here are the design principles that that we encourage uh, uh, people who design conversations uh, or particularly World Cafe conversation to use and to take the time over a period of months if necessary, particularly for a large conversation. Um, and by the way, the, the World Cafe has been used for anywhere from 12 people to we've heard of uh, people of World Cafes for 2,000 people. Um, and so it, it's, it requires more technology, but um, uh, it, it works as well, small as large. As we haven't found any limit to scale. So here are the design principles. One, clarify or set the context. Why are we having this conversation? Why are we having this conference, this meeting, this program? What is it for the purpose? Very often that is not done. It's missed. Uh, and it's not made clear. Two, create a hospitable environment or hospitable space. Uh, we know that when we invite people to our living room, you, you have music and flowers and food, and, and you, you create a hospitable environment. People know how to do that, but very often we don't take the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
three, explore questions that matter. I mean, all of these are so obvious, yeah. and, and that's why we say they're in all of us. Um, but we don't very often take the time. We focus immediately on problems mm. rather uh, rather than that are the result of questions we haven't asked, uh, rather than identifying what are the most important questions that we need to ask mm -hmm. that will create knowledge, learning, or value. So explore questions that matter. Four, encourage everyone's contribution. That means everyone at the table, uh, and the, the small tables really do encourage that. And we, we encourage everyone to speak, but no one is required to speak. And there is no facilitator at the table. Um, five, uh, connect diverse perspectives. This is really important. Um, and the moving from table to table actually uh, creates that. Uh, there's a lot of diversity in the room of, of people, of of. You want to maximize diversity, certainly, of all kinds. But you want to maximize the diverse perspectives of people. I really want to listen in. Six, listen together for insights, patterns, and deeper questions. Sometimes the question that is originally given uh, falls doesn't, doesn't go as deep as people would like, and someone will start to bring up a deeper question. But you want to listen for insights and patterns between the, the conversation. Mm -hmm. And seventh, and sometimes most importantly, uh, harvest and share the learning or the collective wisdom that shows up. So when, and then that, that's done through table graphics, so there's paper and pens on the table as long as a, with a flower. Uh, and there's very often with larger meetings a reflective graphics professional that captures the uh, the expressed uh, learning that uh, gets shared uh, in a plenary session after three rounds of conversation. So the, the the question about quality is one that we've we've always been thoughtful about, but you can't control it. If we're going to right. open source something and right, encourage. Right believe people you know, who can use design principles and trust people, mm -hmm. um, the, the results are going to be different in different places sure. because people, people are different. Mm -hmm. But we, what we try as hard as we can is to encourage the, taking the time to use those seven design principles right. in, in creating the World Cafe or other conversation. And when that happens, when that's done, very often the assumption that we have that collective knowledge can become aware of itself. Mm -hmm. In other words, that the collective or the, or the community of learning that's seated together will, will, will have an aha or aha's insights at a collective level that, that are very, very powerful. Well, you know, it's, um, this all makes so much sense, and in some ways, I, I, it kind of makes me laugh because um, the the um, the very principles that you're talking about are sometimes what is shortcut, um, and you know, and people do that in in the spirit of well, we don't have as much time, and we really want you to have the opportunity to speak to each other, right. you the participant. And in fact, um, you know, it, it's it's so um, 
short-circuiting the process. I mean, people don't then get as much value out of it because I have seen it work. I have seen it done brilliantly, and I have seen it, seen the power in it. And, uh, you know, it's very, very important that we don't get hooked or sucked into, um, oh, we can shortcut this. You know, we can shortcut this. And um, I, I, it does a disservice to people, and it does a disservice um I think, to the process yes. when we do that. Um, and so yeah, I have to tell you, I'm tempted to ask you this question, and it's just a terrible question. If somebody had to leave one of those principles out, which one would it be? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, terrible question. Um, you know, it's interesting. I've never been asked that question, but... If I had to leave one out, it, it, what hits me is even in an unhospitable space, it'll work mm-hmm. if you use the other six principles. And which one is it? Uh, if, if you eliminate, if you don't create hospitable space. Oh, like leave, oh, 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 yeah, 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 got if it. If you don't okay. create hosp- hospitable environment. Oh, yeah, got it, okay. So <laughs> I've seen cafes work uh, without tables. I've seen them work okay. uh, in... Uh, with no windows and no plants and no music and no food and All right. uh, it'll still work. Uh-huh. Okay, well that's good to know. See, now you've helped people who are time crunched. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can still do this. So you've talked about the the not asking the questions we need to ask. Um, you know, what are the core questions that we don't know the answers to or that we're not even asking? Mm-hmm. How does an organization or leaders in an organization, how do they know what they're not asking? How would they know that? Well, it's a reflective process. Um, what, what we've noticed is that, it's, that in order to be able to get to the questions that we don't know the answers to requires a level of, of, um, of courage because leaders are generally hired uh, because they know the answers. Mm. And so for an individual leader to say, I don't know what the answers are, or I don't know, I don't know how to answer something or even identify the questions, creates many um, insecure leaders uh, an existential crisis or an identity crisis. Uh, on the other hand, we found that leadership teams, are willing to acknowledge that we don't know. Hmm. There's, there's, there's more courage when the group can say, you know, we just really don't know how we're going to create a better mousetrap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't know how we're going For example, when John Kennedy, when, when, this, when the Russians beat us to space mm-hmm. with Sputnik, when John Kennedy said in 19... Uh, um, I think it was About 19... 60- one or sixty-two? It was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was nineteen. Yeah. Very, very close after his inauguration that we would put a man on the moon in uh, in ten years. Mm-hmm. We did not know how to do that. Right. We did not have the technology. So the question was: We will put a man. The assertion was: We will put a man on the moon in ten years. Mm-hmm. The question was: How will we? Mm-hmm. What will it take? Right. Well, you know, it seems to me that in organizations these days, organizations have become so process-focused, which process is a good thing, and 
what has happened is um, when when a leader or someone says, well, we should be looking way out to that, to whatever that is. You know, we should be wanting that. We should be creating that. The question always comes back is, well, then how are we going to do that? Mm-hmm. And it almost stops the conversation, you know, because it makes things feel impossible. And so, you know, what you're saying is instead of, um, you know, the the vision being big and people going, wow, that's great, and, you know, let's figure out how to do it, um, that we really have come to this place where um, if you can't in this moment identify, you know, how we're going to make that happen in the next month and a half, people don't want to be in that conversation. Well, that's true. That happens a lot. A couple of things. One is that we really need to have compassion for the challenges of of uh, organizations. They're mm-hmm. tough. It's tough. It's tough work. Um, have to make a profit. There are a lot of demands on leaders. It really is. Yeah. We have more to talk about with David Isaacs when we come right back. All we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The economy and financial markets continue to expand in both their size and complexity. But being able to anticipate changes in the markets for housing, jobs, and financial assets remains a crucial ingredient to our financial well-being. On The Economy and the Markets, with economist, investment strategist, portfolio manager, and host, Doug Cliggett, utilizes his 25 years of experience with that of his highly informed guests to provide clear, reasoned explanations of current events. To navigate the markets that influence our lives every day of the week, tune into The Economy and the Markets with Doug Cliggett, broadcasting each Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The economy and the markets. Clear thoughts in a complex world. Stocks, bonds, 401ks, investments, refinancing. We can help you. Call now toll-free 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. 
Welcome back, everybody. We're speaking with David Isaacs today, the president of Clearing Communications and co-creator of the World Cafe. David, before we went to break, we were speaking a bit about um, what is happening in organizations these days and how vision, you had mentioned John Kennedy, President John Kennedy, who had a vision for putting um, man on the moon, and yet... Nobody knew how to do that, um, but it was very clear that the vision was something that people could step into. And um, so talk a little bit about vision. You have some thinking around that. Well, um, that was a the, the Kennedy um, insight that we was, we was really required politically um, and perhaps even militarily uh, from the United mm. States in terms of our security at that time to to um, recover our position um, as a leader in, in this space. And so that was almost like a slam dunk question. I mean, it was, it was mm-hmm. I, we need to do this, how will we do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, very often questions are not as clear with, with uh, organizational or business leader, leaders, as you mentioned before, and what uh, and, and they, as we mentioned, also mentioned earlier, is that we're so focused on solving problems, which are really important to do, and it, it takes up a lot of our energy, that we don't take the time to have a reflective conversation mm. about uh, what else. Right. Um, and what, what we've discovered is that vision tends to be a point out in the future that that an organization develops, a business develops, and it is a point. And uh, in many cases, it's very, very good to just to drive in a very masculine way toward that point, mm-hmm. uh, where where our vision is is really clear. On the other hand, what we found out is that one of the one of the um, there's a lot of dispute in organizations, or a lot of clarity about what the what as what are the aspects of of what ideal future states are for our work, and um, we don't what what we don't tend to take the time to ask what are the what are the the possibilities, what are the scenarios of success, if you will, which are which is plural, where vision tends to be singular. And when when you have an ongoing inquiry into what are the infinite possibilities uh, that we can imagine, keyword that we can imagine, what if we scenarios, that is what creates the 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 juices, the brainstorming, the heartstorming. That kind of conversation it needs to, from our point of view, needs to be ongoing within an organization, not just once and then put the the vision or the ideal scenario on a laminated card, and then everybody lines up to do that. Right. If we do, if we work in that way, we put on blinders, and we stop seeing peripherally, and we only drive toward uh, the vision that was seen earlier. So the question is for us: What are the best possible future states that we can imagine? Um, and how can we not only move from where we are now to them, but also work back from the future? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I excuse me, go ahead. Yeah, so what you're saying is that vision is not something static. 
but it really is an organic process that actually can change. I mean, you have permission to make change in it as in its evolution. Ongoing. Ongoing. Oh, fascinating. And that is that is very different than what most organizations hold as vision these days. You know, and, and so, you know, here we are in the 21st century, and most organizations, no matter how big or small, tend to be driven by um, their success um, benchmarks. And for many organizations, that's the stock price. Um, for some organizations, it's you know revenues um, mm-hmm. against sales, and and it's a real bottom line, hard line um, kind of mm-hmm. thing they can they can uh, they can meet. And so, again, we come back to that feeling that people have inside organizations where you know well, we don't have a whole lot of time to be brainstorming, or we don't have a whole lot of time to be thinking about the future. We have to be acting and creating and doing. And so how, I mean, how do you reconcile that with organizations? Well, I think what, what you're saying is true. We do need to continue to act uh, to solve problems, to, to uh, generate uh, activity that contributes to the, the bottom line of the organization, to, to those quantitative success parameters, mm-hmm. and, and, and not it's not an or, and how at the same time can we design our future on an ongoing basis? How can we investigate what are the best possible future states? So what we're doing is we're fueling the organizational airplane while it's in the air. Hmm. <laughs> what are those, so we can't bring the plane down to fuel it. <laughs> right, right, right. It's yeah. a both, it, in Spanish it's ambos y, both and. Hmm. Uh, how can we design scenarios of success where we continue to do and be successful with what we're already doing and even do that better, but at the same time uh, design uh, environments in which we can have conversations, strategic conversations, around our most important questions that will create our best possible future scenarios or states? You know, it sounds to me that's, like excuse me. That's a question that matters, and it's not, and that can't be answered in one day. Mm. The both and piece there is challenging, but it can be done. Well, is this excuse the kind me. of thing where you, um, when you're working with your clients, and you are helping them to see this, um, I'm sure you must get the question back to you around. Okay, sounds good. But how do we do that? You know, is that something we do every day? Is that something we do once a month? You know, so what would you say to them? Oh, why don't we design it for next month and see what happens? <laughs> why don't we get uh, a diagonal slice of uh, of your organizations with your leadership team and, and other stakeholders? Why don't we bring together about 24 people mm-hmm. um, key players who you think uh, have a lot of wisdom and knowledge about the organization. Um, and let's bring them together and uh, and think together for uh, two or three days, mm-hmm. off-site, no, no, no cell phones, no telephones, mm-hmm. no interruptions, mm-hmm. um, and really listen, really listen to well, what what's, are people really carrying, in, not only in their minds but in their hearts. Mm-hmm. And 
my experience is that people, leaders and other people in the organization really care. They yeah. really do care. And when they're asked and invited to participate in an inquiry uh, about how we can be the best we can be, given the challenges that we have, uh, the quantitative particularly challenges, and the, the worldwide difficulties of energy and other things, how can we be in this reflective conversation that creates uh, creates new value for the organization as we move, and all its stakeholders as we move out into the future? It can't be sold. All that work, all that reflective work, needs to be invited. So, if the leader doesn't trust you or me or someone else uh, to uh, to design with them that gathering that does that that conversation, that reflective conversation, uh, it's just not going to happen. Right. And it can't be the externals, uh, the external person's responsibility. It has to be a co-responsibility mm-hmm. in, which, uh, in which both the external and the internal people accompany each other in creating that, that meeting or that gathering. So this, is, this goes beyond... Um the World Cafe principles. This isn't simply convening, I don't mean simply, but this isn't convening a World Cafe. This is about a leadership style. Well, what we're finding is that you can do both. It's a leadership style, and if you use the World Cafe design principles, whether you actually use the World Cafe in your meeting or not, we generally do, mm-hmm. um, the... Um, you know, it, it, it'll work together. It'll certainly work together. And so, do you have a name for this leadership style? Um, yes, it's called conversational leadership. Hmm. And I can, def- with the simple definition of conversational leadership, well, let me just give a little background. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe that that leaders in an organization have the responsibility and the, and when they have the responsibility clearly and the recognize that they have the capability and the capacity to design, convene, and host conversations around their most important questions, the major shift will happen. So with the assumption that that capacity or that capability is there, conversational leadership is the the capacity to design, convene, and host conversations around our organization's most important questions mm-hmm. as, a, as a critical capability or capacity that will design value, mm-hmm. that, will, that will create value. If we, if we add that, that, that responsibility of conversational leadership to our other leadership responsibilities, um, we, we really have something very special. Mm. And it's not just the leader. It's the leadership team. Right, right. Well, and you, you've alluded to that you know, the leadership team is not necessarily just the, the titled leadership right. team. That, um, Informal leaders the very often right. are very important. Right, right, right. Um, do you have an example of a question that an organization have in your working with them have a question they have sat in um, without breaking confidence, of course, that um, turned out to be key to their future? Well, I, it's really hard without, without uh, 
breaking confidence. Um, so I'm going to use I'm going to use uh, the McDonald's question. You know what that was? No. <laughs> um, Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's, uh-huh. uh, created his company by posing a very simple but powerful question to his colleagues. How can we assure a consistent hamburger for people who are traveling on the road? <laughs> well, he did it. We're going to take a break. I would say so. <laughs> We're going to be right back. We talk about his money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. All we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. We're speaking with David Isaacs today, co-author of the book, The World Cafe, Shaping Our Futures Through Conversations That Matter. Well, David, before we went to break, we were um, speaking about how organizations use questions and the questions that, that maybe really made a difference for them. You said you had another example. Yes, uh, Hewlett Packard Laboratories for, uh, was working to identify questions uh, that would lead them into uh, what's next for them. And the first question they came up with, which they thought was pretty good, is what does it mean for HP Laboratories to be there uh, in the world? What does it mean for us to be fully and, and cap- capably and, and um, successfully in the world? Mm. And then someone said, in, uh, well, that's a pretty good question, but I think a better question is what does it mean for HP Labs to be there for the world? Boy. And just the shift of one word, shifted it from um, the inward to the 
four word which relates to service. That so is all the stakeholders, including the stockholders of HP. Right, right, right. Now, you know, that is such a fine discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, boy, I bet it shifted the conversation big time. Yes, yes. So um, the, the other thing about questions is that uh, why questions and what if questions, what if I, what if we questions, uh-huh. are the ones that evoke the best, poss- the deepest possibilities in the strongest learning inquiries. Whereas how, uh, what questions and how questions are good, but uh, they, 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 it's important that they follow learning, collective learning uh, in the in the why and the what for, or the what if we questions. And then the who and the when and and usually follow later. So, so, so let me make sure I get this. So the the why question is Which is a purpose question or a context right. question. Or the what for. Those okay. are both context or purpose or um, um, so it's, questions. it's kind of like for the sake of what? Yes. For the sake of what would we be doing this, or or should we even be thinking about this, or is this in our vision? Yeah, yeah for example, the, the the French word pourquoi, or the Spanish word porqué, literally translated into English is for what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They mean why. Mm-hmm. The word means why. Oh, right, right. Oh. But, so why and what for uh-huh. mm-hmm. is, the, why as what for is the, is the powerful question. It's the context. It's the purpose. It's the mission. You know, that's fascinating. It makes me think about um, Peter Block's book, The Answer to How is Why. I mean, the, the answer to how is yes. Yes. And um, which is, you know, goes back to earlier what we were talking about in an earlier segment about how the question, when somebody says we should be looking at that as a vision and, and then, the conversation gets stopped when people yes. say, well, then how do we do that? And it's usually a very frustrated, how do we do that, instead of a real inquiry, how do we do that? And um, so that makes a lot of sense. You know, So if you are establishing your purpose or the what for, um, then that gives something for people to connect with or hang on. Yes. And, you know, that makes me think about how people are not really um, connected to their work very much these days. And not, not everybody, but there's a lot of people going to work every day who are saying, well, I've got X number of days until retirement, X number of years until retirement, which is not really a big purpose. Um, and, and others are saying, you know, I just it's just a job. It's not a big deal, you mm-hmm. know. And they don't feel... Um, it, they don't feel like it's really their purpose or their contribution to the world. Um, you know what? That's sad. Yeah. Well, what do we do? I mean, what, what what can we do to change that? Well, I, I think it's it's a self fulfilling prophecy that when a critical mass of people in an organization are like that, that organization will not succeed. Mm-hmm. So it's just not going to work long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, either people light up and get energized and put their whole heart, mind, and spirit into the, into the job in this world, it, it, it's not going to be uh, successful either for the business or for, or for the people. Mm. 
So yeah. we, 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 it's essential that we create context and practice fields in which people can feel that they're making a difference, and people want to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. They really, really want to make a difference. I mean, there's a linguistic uh, piece around this. Uh, the English word f- for business means, we don't hear it, means to be busy. Busyness, right? <laughs> Busyness, and, and language creates reality. Look at our business and our organizational life. Right. It's about busyness, right. to be busy, and that's to look busy, and, and, and well, hopefully we can be successfully and busy. But I never. And I looked around the world and discovered in Sweden uh, a different word for business that's called Naring's Leave. N A with two dots over it. R I N G S dash L I V. And um, it's it's on, in the newspaper. It's the heading of the business section. Mm-hmm. And I, when I first saw that, I asked uh, our Swedish colleague, "Well." What does that mean? He said, well, it's one of our words for business. I said, come on, Jan. Uh, I know that leave means life. What is this nattings? He says, well, if you translate it into English, it means to nurture or nourish life. Your word for business means to nourish or nurture life? Wow. And then a question comes, which I think is a question that matters. What if the purpose of business is to nourish or nurture life, and then what are the conditions under which our business can nurture life or nurture or nourish life? And where, in an appreciative inquiry, where are we already doing that? That is powerful. And I, I, can, I can only imagine that most organizations have rarely even thought of that question much us asked that question. I mean, how powerful could it be if we, if every organization um, sat down and said, you know, what if the purpose of our business was to nourish life? What would we be doing? You know? Well, the exciting thing, Cheryl, is with uh, with the green revolution or the green coevolution that's happening. Uh, that question is is being asked by by hundreds and thousands of organizations because they're they've begun to see just from a point of view of the bottom line, that by being green and, and creating processes and systems and products that nourish life or that are coherent with life-affirming futures, that, uh, that's, that, creates, that creates business at the bottom line for that organization. Mm. Wow. So they're, they're doing well by doing good. Well, by doing good. You know, David, um, I think we could talk about this for another hour, <laughs> but our time is coming to a close, and this has been fascinating. What you're doing, the work you're doing, really is creating, let me see if I can say it right, Naringsleve, <laughs> nourishment for life, you know, helping people Thank understand you. that business can be nourishment for life, and that's quite a gift and a contribution to the world. Um, so I'm sure that this conversation has inspired curiosity for people and want to know more about you and the work you do. How can they do that? Well, number one, uh, play it forward, practice with some of these principles. But if people would like uh, more information about the World Cafe, um, there's, a, there's a wonderful website, uh, www.theworldcafe.com. 
it's, you have to use the word the the T H E WorldCafe.com. There's also an online community uh, that's there, plus uh, our book, uh, World Cafe, Shaping Our Futures Through Conversations That Matter. Thank you so much for being with us, David Isaacs, and we look forward to hearing more about your adventures in the world and your great <laughs> contribution at another time. Thank you very much, Cheryl. It's been a delight. So remember, everyone, to think big. The world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G dot com.